Women Make Waves is an NC Fit podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Women Make Waves podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay, and today Bloom and I are sitting down with the one and only Kels Keel. We're diving into her career as a bobsledder, as a crossfitter, and more importantly, body image, mental health, and the fear of looking silly. Any of you that have stepped foot in a CrossFit gym probably share a similar fear, and we're super excited to debunk all of that for you. Before you dive too far into the episode, please be sure to leave the show a five-star rating and review. And if you're looking for a way to get your 40 minutes of movement in while you're doing the EOE 40 challenge, listening to this show is a great way to pass that time and get in a healthy sweat while you listen to the girls on the Women Make Wave podcast. Until next week, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another Women Make Waves. I'm your host, Bloom. I'm here with Linz and Kels Keel. Kels is a not only a badass athlete and a super inspiring just human, but she's also the program performance, performance lead at Black Iron Nutrition. Mm-hmm. And so we've got tons, ton, like I'm saying tons that we want to talk to you about today. But before we get into any of the above, how are you making waves? I love that that is the title of this podcast. Um, I would say that currently in my life, the way that I'm attempting to make waves is um, to inspire people to go for things or try things, specifically new things that might be scary um, or hard and not be afraid to, to fail at them if it comes to it or succeed. But um, yeah, I think that's, that's my biggest thing right now in my life. What was one of those things for you? Um, probably one of the biggest things most recently for me in, um, under that umbrella would be the fact that I stopped doing CrossFit last year and well, I guess a little over a year now and, uh, tried out for the USA bobsled team. And, um, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing. Obviously I was not a bobsledder to have no bobsled experience and I just kind of dove in and went for it. <laughs> so I'm a really big fan of this, um, mentality because, um, you don't know this, but our listeners do, I did the same thing, but with ranching. So have zero farming, zero wow. ranching experience. And my husband and I bought a ranch and literally just started learning, Um, but I'm curious to know for you where the desire to try out for the bobsled team came from, because I don't know about you, but like, I've never really been around a bobsled. So I wouldn't even think all I'm thinking of is cool runnings. Yeah. Like the only thing in my head. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you should hear the amount of people being like, Oh, cool runnings. That's what you're doing. I'm like, yeah, no, not even close. But, um, I feel like that is like the biggest, um, I mean, most famous like movie that people would ever see that has anything to do with bobsled. Bobsled is very much not like a, I mean, once you're in it, you kind of know that it's a little bit of a sexy sport, but it's not, it's like, no one cares really. <laughs> like, and that's the cool thing about it. Like I had, I knew nothing about it. Um, I was approached by one of the pilots actually for team USA. And she asked if I would ever consider giving it a shot. Um, my size as an athlete, you know, 
I'm kind of a bigger on the bigger side for a CrossFit athlete being, you know, five, seven and a half and like 178 pounds. So, uh, I feel like in the CrossFit space, it was always kind of like, okay, let's see if we can, uh, get a little bit lighter to do this. Or, you know, it's always, that's always been something on the, in the back of my head, but for bobsled, it was like, oh, you're kind of like that. We, we want strong, powerful athletes. Would you ever, um, you know, give it a shot. And I knew nothing about the sport. The only, um, insight into bobsled that I had was because of Blaine McConnell, who was a, an Invictus coach and then turned bobsledder. So I, I had met him and I knew who he was, um, super successful CrossFit athlete, and then went over to the bobsled team and, and made the team. So, um, that's really all I knew. And so I started, you know, just opening up the conversation with Kaylee Humphreys and, um, a few of the other athletes and the head coach over there. Um, but I was still definitely in the CrossFit space still. This was when COVID hit and I, um, had a whole plan to move out to Las Vegas to train with Justin Kotler and the underdogs and Carrie Pierce and everything like that. And then, um, honestly, 48, like a day and a half or so before I was going to be getting in my U-Haul truck and driving to Las Vegas from Boston. Um, I got a phone call from Kaylee and she said, like, I think we have a bed for you at the Olympic training center up in Lake Placid. Um, you can still go to Vegas, but I would suggest staying on the East coast. Um, to make the quarantines easier, to make the travel up there easier. And um, I just remember going back to my apartment and I had a call with one of the USA bobsled coaches um, and he was kind of just outlining some things for me. And and then I, I called my mom and I was just like sobbing, like, what am I meant to do? I don't know. Like, why is this happening literally 36 hours before I'm meant to get uh, in this truck and drive across the country. And, um, one of the things that my mom asked me was like, well, do you feel like you would regret it if you didn't go for it? And I've, I've had a few of those moments in my life, um, where I've thought like, will I stay doing a, or will I try B or will I stay, stay in Philadelphia for a guy, for an example, or will I go and take this leap of faith and move out West? That was one of them back in 2016. And it was almost like a, I knew I'm not staying in Philadelphia. Like I have to go. And when I did leave and went out West and moved to Reno and worked under Christy, and now we have black iron as this huge successful company, like obviously that was the right move. And for me doing the bobsled thing, it was like, uh, I, I just had this feeling CrossFit wasn't going to go anywhere. You know, it always could have like poof, disappeared as a sport, I guess. But I knew that, I mean, they, everyone at, um, within the bobsled community that I talked to, you know, told me that making an Olympic team in a year and a half would be really, really, really hard. Uh, not impossible, but if, uh, you know, I didn't try, I wouldn't know. And I, we're coming up on the Olympics in February actually. And so last year around like late August, it was like, okay, it really would be a year and a half. Let's just see if I just knew that I could not try to make the Olympics. 
and that I could always go back to CrossFit if, you know, if this didn't work out. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I think that that's so inspiring, especially because in the CrossFit space, and I'll just speak from my, my own experience. And I think it's shared with a lot of people. I always joke that like my fitness would get in the way of my fitness. Like I would during the open great example, you're like doing these workouts and testing and retesting. So you want to take some days off and rest so that you can do another terrible open workout. And you're like, wait a second for most of us, 99% of us CrossFit and functional fitness is to help propel our lives outside of the gym. Mm -hmm. Why am I now training two days a week to do the same workout twice instead of training five, you know, three, five, six days a week because of this, like in my eyes, right. I'm not, I'm not a qualifying anytime soon, but like a silly competition, right. Gym competition. And so I have to kind of redirect all the time, right. Whether it's, Hey, Lindsay, we're going to go paddleboarding. Do you want to come? Like I would way rather go paddleboarding and I would so often not go to the gym or Mm. go to the gym and not do these fun things. So how did you find that balance where you were connected to this identity as a CrossFit competitor and then be able to kind of leave that and go, you know, take this leap of faith into something else? Um, (laughs) That was really hard for me. Um, Like the whole transition from CrossFit into the bobsled space, like, I, I mean, I was like, wait, this is the only workout we're doing today. It was like, I, the whole goal of it is to be fast and explosive and powerful for six seconds. Like that's what my job as a push athlete was. I mean, I was training, I was lifting in order to push fast for, you know, 45 meters. And that was it. So like I, my whole mindset around my training had to change and that was so hard for me going from, you know, four plus years of, of kill yourself in the gym all the time to, okay, we're going to do, you're going to do a 60 meter sprint. Probably that's the max distance you'll ever run. And then you're going to rest full recovery and you're going to do it again. (laughs) Like, it was just like, that's, it was just the, the mindset around training was incredibly different that it it did take me a while to kind of embrace that and understand that, you know, I'm training for a very specific thing, not all things like you're doing with CrossFit. I feel like that functional fitness, like constantly varied everything. You have to be ready for everything and anything, um, was that's not what it was for bobsled. So, um, it, it did take me a while and I feel really lucky that, um, that I had a, friend going through the exact same transition as I did with Colleen. Um, we hadn't even met before the whole bobsled experience. Um, and you know, she was coming from CrossFit as well. And it was just like, thank God I had her because we would just, you know, we could relate to each other in this like really tough transition from one thing to another. Um, I think honestly, the, probably the biggest thing and people might laugh at me for thinking this way, but I think a lot of females, maybe more so than males, but, um, can relate that the biggest thing for me was how my body was changing from being a full-time CrossFit athlete to a a bobsledder where like, it's not high intensity all the time. I'm 
burning significantly less calories every day. I have to like adjust what I'm eating. Like it was, I think that was probably the biggest, the hardest thing for me transitioning sports was actually what was happening to my body. (laughs) Super interesting because I was, I wasn't thinking about it in that sense, but I was thinking about like, what did it feel like to switch from being in such a high intensity sport to being in a lower, I guess not really low intensity, but like a lower intensity for the yeah. duration of time. Yeah. Um, did you notice an effect? Cause a lot of people, and I'm also speaking from personal experience and this, I know has been the case for a few like clients of mine and things like that. But a lot of people really found burnout from overtraining in mm-hmm. CrossFit or even just high intensity activity. Anyway, it doesn't have to just be CrossFit. Um, like I think people kind of put a little bit of a bad wrap on CrossFit, but that's just high intensity training in general. We yeah. have this, I think type A people have, you know, the ability to really go hard at yeah. Things yeah. for probably longer than we should. Did yeah. you notice in that way, any change in how you felt or how you were recovering mm-hmm. or anything in that kind of realm? Yeah, absolutely. My body loved it. <laughs> My body was like, oh, this is cool. We're not dying every day. Um, so from like that kind of standpoint, I, you know, I think that it was probably a great break for me. Um, not that I had any crazy nagging, you know, things going on while I was doing CrossFit before this, but, um, there was definitely like, oh, my shoulders don't feel like they're going to fall off every day. That's cool. Um, I, what I did notice though, is, um, very, I mean, again, CrossFit, you're training all of the things all of the time. And it's less like sports specific training, I guess, if that makes sense. So like when I went to training bobsled and learning how to sprint and using muscles in my legs that I honestly have not probably like tapped into making be used all the time, probably since college, um, I actually pulled an adductor pretty quickly. Um, because my legs were just like, okay, we're, we can squat a lot. We can do a lot of things. We can, you know, do all this stuff that you were doing with CrossFit, but very specific, explosive sprinting and jumping and bounding and pushing and all those things. It was like, this is such a sports specific thing that I'm training. My body actually in other ways, wasn't used to that and wasn't totally ready for it. Um, which in hindsight, it all happened the way it was meant to happen. But I was super bummed out um, when I was up in Lake Placid because I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't do what I knew I could do almost because my body wasn't allowing for it, um, which was definitely, it created a whole nother set of mental um, obstacles to kind of get through there. But um, yes, majority of my body was happy. And then it was like, these little muscles are like, wait, we're being used now. This is, this is new. <laughs> yeah, we're being used. We're being used a lot. We're not a used lot. to this. Yeah. Um, I do want to know what those kind of mental hurdles were when you were experiencing what sounds like sports specific fatigue, right? Mm-hmm. Like I know when um an outlook I had for a really long time was I can't control so much of the things that are happening around me but I can always control if I show up to the gym or what I choose to eat and these different things. And so 
when I was living in that narrative and then I got really hurt, I felt like I had been so abandoned by my body. And I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, you're the one thing that I thought was (laughs) going to show up no matter what. And that was so hard for me to overcome. So I'm curious what it was like for you in those moments. You know what your body's capable of and it wasn't. Yeah, it was, it was, um, yeah, like I said, I think that was part of, that was one of the hardest things, especially like, I mean, when I went up to Lake Placid, I knew no one I had, you know, talked to Kaylee, um, the, the pilot and I talked to a few other girls, um, and Colleen and I had connected like, Hey, heard you're going up to Lake Placid. She was up there actually a week ahead of me. So she, you know, she was out there. I'm like in my room quarantined, looking out the window, watching them push. And like, it was, so I knew, I didn't know anyone. I'm like up there by myself. I had to do a full week quarantine in a room alone. And it was like, okay, now I almost felt like I had this, like people, I don't know. I I felt a little bit of this pressure to like show up and, um, and be good. And I just showed up and, you know, I got out of quarantine on a Saturday morning and a couple hours later, I was on the push track trying to push this brand new thing that I meant to like learn how to do and do it. And I don't know, I just like, there's that kind of pressure, but then as soon as my like adductor started going, I was just, like you said, so frustrated that like, I, I, in my head, I'm like remembering when I played soccer in college and I was like, very much not a distance runner. I'd be like in the back on the two mile test, but like with the sprints, I was like there, I was, you know, at the top of, of the girls and, you know, our shuttle sprints and like the dash that we would do. But so I like felt like, Oh, I could probably be pretty good at this. And as soon as like the, the adductor thing happened, it was just like, well, shit. Okay. My body clearly wasn't ready for this a little bit like mad at myself. Like, could I have done something differently leading up to this? Um, Just all those things. And then pile that on with the pressure of, of a new sport and not knowing what you're doing with a new sport and the pressure of like, almost feeling like I have to look a certain way and that like fear of looking silly. And I've actually been like working through a lot of that because I almost feel like when I think back to that whole time, um, especially the first, like the first go at bobsled, which was up in Lake Placid. Um, I was really lucky that in December, I kind of had this like rookie camp. So I was able to actually go out to park city and, and like learn things than just kind of being thrown into the fire, which I'm really grateful that I was thrown in. Um, Colleen and I talk about, like, we learned so much about the sport so quickly. We are around Olympians and the national team and like, we're just kind of, Hey, go ahead guys. Um, but I think one of the biggest things was like that fear of looking silly. And I even like that paired with my adductor thing happening. Like I, I really believe that I wasn't able to show like my actual true athletic ability as it came to it. Um, but again, you, you live and you learn no mistakes, just lessons learned. And I think that like, I learned a lesson about myself 
big time when it comes to trying something new because I was able to really recognize that I was just like, not only was I scared of going down the bobsled track the first time, but like scared of, of looking, looking silly as, as kind of dumb as that might sound. That was like a big thing for me. This brand new sport, this brand new thing around people I don't know. Um, it was, yeah, it was just a lot of pressure. <laughs> it's self-inflicted. Like, yes, there was pressure about like, you know, it's a sport that, you know, you get based off of times. It's very like data driven and they're trying to win medals at the Olympics. Like that's the bottom line. And so there is pressure there, but I think I put way too much pressure on myself when it came down to it. How did you address that part of you that was so afraid to look silly? Because I think so many of us, I mean, I hear it from new clients, new athletes coming into the gym all the time. So that's one of, or even just talking to people outside of the gym, they're like, I don't want to do CrossFit, right? Like everyone's going to be looking at that too. I don't, I, and oh my gosh, the first time I tried to snatch was horrendous. So like, I totally get it. But how did you overcome that in such a high pressure environment? I don't know if I did overcome it, especially those, um, those for that first time up in Lake Placid. I'm not sure if I ever really overcame that because I was so, um, I was so anxious and I was so overwhelmed like every single day that after that first day of finally like going, getting into the, everyone kept being like, the biggest thing is get into the sled. Like, don't let your pilot go down without you. And I like, remember being like, okay, just get in the sled. Like I was so scared. And then you like go down the bobsled track. That's terrifying your first time. And I think once I had that like first day under my belt, it was a little bit better. Um, and I could focus on the start and what I was actually meant to do and not just kind of like, ah, get in the sled kind of thing. Um, but I honestly, like hundred percent honesty, I don't think I ever got really over that fear of looking like an idiot and like, people looked like idiots. Some people slipped and some people didn't get in the sled and like that kind of thing. And it's like, I just was so, for whatever reason was so terrified of that being me, like, Oh, the new girl did that. Or, you know, like, I don't know if, I don't know totally why that was how I was feeling, but, um, I would say that when I went to park city in December of last year, that was where I, I finally felt like a little bit more comfortable in the sport itself Um, and it was, I think because it was like a camp and it was just like, I knew the two pilots and the other people were new like me. And that was when I was like, oh, okay. Like I can actually like focus on technique and I can focus on what I need to do. And, um, having gone through the whole thing with the national team before that, I knew how to move sleds and I knew how to sand runners and do all these things which is a side note about bobsled that people don't realize is that it's like, like 5% is the sport of going down the bob uh, the track and like pushing fast. And the other 95% is like very blue collar. You're lugging around these ginormous sleds. Like we're moving them ourselves. We're standing runners. We're, you know, like fixing things and taping things and like doing all this, like very, like we're in the garage for hours with our pilots. Like, helping them tend to their sleds, which was also something they don't really tell you until you get there, which I'm fine with. I love that kind of thing. But 
um, having gone through that in Lake Placid in a very like higher pressure environment with, um, with the national team and then getting out to park city in December where I'm like, Oh, I know how to flip a sled and like, I can show these girls how to do it. It was kind of cool to like, I think, I think that was the, the first time I felt like, Oh, I've done this before, even if it's just been for a month, like I've done this and, um, I can actually like focus on learning a little bit more and not be so worried about looking like a fool. (laughs) This whole conversation is so cool because there's so much to just be said about taking messy action. And I've talked about this before because that's legitimately the foundation of how I built a business. That's how we, you know, run a ranch is just messy action. Just doesn't really matter what it looks like right now. It's just like starting the momentum. And I think that's what is so cool because it can apply to everything. It can apply to bobsledding. It can apply to going to a CrossFit gym for the first time. It can apply to learning um, a new skill, whatever that may be. The other thing that I thought was really cool. And that, um, is opening my eyes to the world of the Olympics is I thought everything was like, so, um, what's the word that I'm thinking? Like professional is a really bad word for this, but like, I thought it was like very, I don't know, intense. Like you have to try out for everything really like, Mm. you know, you have to be doing this your entire life. But I think it's so cool to see that, you know, if you're elite in something, it carries over and like the ability to do that is so, so incredibly cool. And it just is cool that like, you know, it opened up so many opportunities for you in that realm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the thing about bobsled is it's very much, a. um, well, I'm, I'm 30 years old and I was 29 and 30 and people were like telling me I was young for bobsled because a lot of people come from other sports. So unless you're a pilot and uh, to be an elite Olympian pilot, you have to be driving for a long time. Kaylee Humphreys has been driving for over 15 years. Alana Myers Taylor has been like, you want to be able to put at least eight years in of driving to be oh, like decent kind of deal. Um, but you are uh, the push athletes. You get a lot of um, track athletes and football and other very elite sports. Um, so one of the girls actually that I was in that kind of rookie camp with, um, back in December, she was a division one track athlete. She's a little bit on the bigger side. She's not like 178 pounds. She's like 165. She's like very strong. Um, and she's on the national team now. So she's going to be in the running to make the Olympic team. And it's cool because, you know, you're watching, she was a phenomenal track athlete. She happens to be young. She just graduated this last year, but um, I mean, you have Lolo Jones, like an ex track athlete turned bobsledder. And when they have the fundamentals of like that sprint mechanics, cause it's, it's sprint, you're sprinting on ice. That's pretty much you're pushing. Yes. But like you're sprinting on ice, um, which I didn't know how to sprint. So that was fun. Um, but it's cool that like what you're saying is that, um, you know, especially with bobsled, I can't, I feel like I can't really speak on many other Olympic sports because they've probably been doing it their whole life. But bobsled is cool because you can give those other people kind of the chance. Like if you're like an elite football player and you're 
at school and you want to try a new sport kind of thing. I I've actually in my head <laughs> seen a lot of CrossFitters. So I'm like, Oh, you were a, you were a track athlete or you played football. Like you would be a phenomenal bobsledder, but like you look at Blaine McConnell, he's one of the most explosive human beings I've ever seen. And it just, when I actually talked to him before I went to Lake Placid, he was like, I said, was it hard leaving CrossFit? And he was like, no, it was actually super easy because it, I was finally training things that my body like wanted to do instead of like pushing it with CrossFit and like training things he was not naturally inclined to do. So it is kind of cool to like, get to see that kind of side of it. Totally. One thing I don't want to skip over was a while back in the conversation, you mentioned, (laughs) um, watching your body kind of change when you went from CrossFit to a more specialized sport. And I totally hear you when I was competing and I'm a taller athlete, I'm five ten, So it was, I was 180, 185 pounds. And I would tell people that. And a lot of women were like, what? Like, yeah. that's a badge of honor. Right. And I was like, hell yeah. My getaway sticks, you know how hard I had to train these little legs to get any sort of muscle on them. Um, but we, I also think that as functional fitness athlete athletes, we have such a different perspective on our body image and bloom. And I talk about this a lot, you know, like it was almost like a, a badge of honor to walk into work every day and have your meal prep ready or like, you know, have yeah, these right. different <laughs> things that so many people don't think about. So what was it like watching your body change and what have you done from both a nutritional and mindset standpoint to kind of get yeah. over that, that hurdle? <laughs> um, so, I mean, you can just imagine going from being a full-time athlete training CrossFit to like what I was saying is you're working out once a day and it's, it's just sports specific. So your training just looks a lot different. Um, I, let me think if I like did any one specific thing, I feel like the, it was just a lot of like back and forth with my own personal nutrition coach. It was a lot of back and forth with my mom. It was a lot of back and forth with my therapist about like, okay, my body's changing. And like really having to talk it out a lot that like, okay, I don't need to, um, train all of the things I was training before. If I am pushing fast, then that's what matters. And, um, I would say the first like half of the year or whatever that I was doing bobsled, I was like, I, I, I'm good with this. Like, I like the change. I'm liking kind of learning this new sport and all of that. And then like all of the CrossFit stuff started popping up and the games were revving up for the games. And I was like, Oh, I kind of missed that a little bit. And I didn't know if I missed like the training. I didn't know if I missed that. My body looked a certain way when I was training that way. I didn't, I don't know exactly. Um, I, I, can say now what I think I missed the most, but, um, during it, it was just a lot of like having to talk through and like, just come to accept that my body just looks different when I'm training differently. Um, not that it looks worse or better or whatever I in, when was it? 
January and February, I was racing on the North America's cup and, um, I wanted to give myself every opportunity to race. And there is a weight requirement when it comes to bobsled with the push athlete and the pilot and the sled. So you all have to weigh a certain amount. And, um, there was a pilot who, um, her and I actually weighed closer to the same amount. So I wanted to make sure that if she wanted to race with me, that I was at the right weight that I needed to be at. So you have to like weigh yourself, like with all your gear, like your helmet, your, your spikes, um, your burn vest, your, like the, your underwear that you're going to wear under your speed suit, like things like that. So I actually went through like a little cut, um, mostly to make sure that I was at the weight that if she had said, Kelsey, I want to race with you, that I was ready to go. And then I didn't have to do like anything drastic. Um, and so I actually, at one point I weighed 168 pounds last year, and that's just not where my body likes to sit that I'm realizing that. Um, but having said that, like, even looking at those pictures of myself, then I'm like, oh, it really doesn't matter the number on the scale when it comes to like your, I guess what you perceive of yourself and that kind of thing. Because even then, like looking at the 168, I'm like, I'm 178 now. And I have, I, I look more like a CrossFitter than I did then. I don't know if that makes sense either, but like, I guess all of that to say is like, <laughs> I, there was that transition. I think when I was up in Lake Placid dealing with like just the whole change and overwhelmed and being alone and that kind of thing was not helping the body image stuff. And then when I kind of like took some of the pressure off myself, went into it with more of like a, we're going to race, we're going to do our best kind of mindset. It was less of like, oh, I'm not liking how my body looks right now. Even if I looked the exact same, like it was like, I think all the pressures of the other stuff that I was going through at the time was just make like compounding the fact that my body was changing. If that makes sense. <laughs> Something that you, a little breadcrumb you left for us. And that was, you said, <laughs> looking back now, I can say what I missed. And I'm curious what that is. Yeah. Well, I actually just did a podcast with, um, brute strength and in that he's much better at speaking than I am, I think, but he said something about how CrossFitters are like, not just CrossFitters, like the high intensity training kind of people or people like us, um, we're kind of like addicted to the process. Like it's, it's less about like, like for, for bobsled, it was very results driven, which they have to be in order to win medals. You have to be. And for us over here in the CrossFit world, like, like it's the 1% that go and do anything more in the sport. And yes, I'm, my goal is to be in that top percentage, but it's not about that for me. It's like the fact that I can wake up and it's like, almost like I make this again, a self inflicted thing. Like I create this schedule for myself, but I wake up and I go to the gym and I have my programming and you know, you go through your process of your warm up, and you go through the process of making sure you're ready to lift or run or bike or whatever it might be. And it's, it's not about like, okay, I'm doing this. Like today I went to the gym and I had a, a, 
an echo bike piece. And I'm like, not in my head telling myself, okay, I got to get through this so that I can place highly at Wadapalooza next week. Like that's not it. And I think what I missed the most was, or what I know I missed the most was just the process of going to the gym and testing yourself and honestly just getting better for yourself. And I know that you said like, we do this because it can excel, have us excel in other areas of our life. Like it's not about the, the placing at Wadapalooza or the, the, my number placement in the open or whatever it might be. It's like, no, I'm doing this because I, I want to challenge myself to be better. And for me, that looks like maybe I have a couple seconds better split on my, my sprinting on the assault run or whatever it might be. Like, it sounds so silly to some people that like you can, that you're kind of addicted to this process of CrossFit and functional fitness and just kind of bettering yourself. But I, that's a hundred percent what I missed instead of the like, okay, I have to go to the track and I have to run my, my fifties or, you know, whatever it is, because you're so focused on the results. I feel like it's more about the journey when I'm over here, like, okay, this is just another day, but it's another day that I get to challenge myself and be better and like really, really push yourself. It's so interesting to think of it that way, but it makes total sense. Like when you said that, I was like, heck yeah, that's because we talk about that. And I know you probably talk about the same thing, you know, with nutrition clients, but it's being able to focus on the process just makes the entire thing more enjoyable, first of all, but it also just makes it more sustainable. Cause if you're just focusing on that end result, you're essentially just banking on the fact that that one thing might actually be the thing. Yeah. That's going to make you happy. Yeah. It might be the thing that changes everything for you when it probably won't, but it's that consistency (laughs) and that process that, you know, does make the biggest difference. Was that always something that you kind of enjoyed? Like, did you always enjoy the process or was that something that you've learned? That's a great question (laughs) because I've done actually a lot, even in the past, like what we're a week into 2022, like I've been doing a lot of thinking about a lot of this because um, for one thing, I love what you said, because that's something I say to my nutrition clients all the time is okay. Love. I work with a lot of performance people. Okay. Love that you want this number on your back squat or, or even people who want to lose weight. Okay. You're going to see this number on the scale then what? Because it's always that like, okay, you're going to win the CrossFit games, you people up there, like, okay, you win the CrossFit games, but is that going to make you happy? Or like, are you enjoying the journey leading up to that? Or are you enjoying finding new recipes that you can like, what, you know, whatever it is. One of my favorite quotes is like, you know, a lot of, I know a lot of miserable people with the Lamborghini who like think like, Oh, if I get that Lamborghini, if I make enough money to get that car, I'll be happy. And then you get the car and you're like, fuck, I'm still not happy. Sorry. (laughs) Um, uh, but what was your question again? Can you remind me? I had you always, (laughs) you can also, it's fair game. Okay, cool. cool. There are no rules here either. (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, no, I think that I, um, yeah. So I was doing a lot of reflecting, honestly, in the last couple of weeks about where I am 
currently with CrossFit and where I am with my training and life in general. Um, and I feel one thing I am really excited about is I am excited and I feel like I've been, uh, well, the whole last year with bobsled was kind of an anomaly, but I am having like the most fun training that I've maybe ever had right now. And I think that's because I'm solely doing it for myself and I'm doing it for the joy that I get from going to the gym every day. I, I was living up in Boston and honestly was having so much fun training with the team up there, training then individually and that kind of thing. But I, I think there was always a little bit of, or maybe a big part of me that was doing it for maybe not like fully myself. Um, and now I'm just, and so I think that I've kind of been able to look back on that and learn that lesson a little bit of like, yeah, I was enjoying it, but there were still like some other things kind of clouding what was going on in my head. And now I just, I don't know. I feel like I'm just having the most fun ever that I've had training. I am at a relatively new gym in Philadelphia that I kind of just I had done a photo shoot at and I liked the look of the gym. I thought it looked cool in there and they had an assault runner and I was like, they've got really nice stuff and everyone's super like really nice. And, um, it's like a hike. There's closer gyms to my house right now, but I drive there because I just like the energy in there is really good. And I happened to be talking to the, one of the head coaches there and he went to the games in 2019 and, him and I now train, we're training partners. And it's just like, he has this great attitude. And even when he's like, like twiddling his thumbs, waiting for me to catch up to him when we're doing synchro toes to bar, he's like, still like, yeah, we crushed it. I'm like, you crushed it, but okay. And I'm just like, I don't know. I've, I've been just finding so much more joy in it the last couple of weeks. I would say probably about a month and a half than I've maybe ever found. And maybe that's because I took that year of trying something new that was really hard and scary. And that I, in all honestly, technically I failed at because the goal was to make the Olympic team and I did not do that. Um, but I look at that year as like, it was a really fucking hard year for a lot of reasons. And I just feel this like renewed sense of I used the word empowerment the other day and I don't love that word, but that's kind of like how I'm feeling is I'm just feeling like, okay, I'm doing this for myself and what's meant to happen with it all will happen. And I don't know what that's going to be. And I don't have to try to control it. Just keep going with it. (laughs) I love that you said empowerment. I feel like it is such a, like, it's, it really is empowering to do something for yourself and that be the sole reason that you do it. I think a lot of women don't. And so to be able to say like, Hey, I'm actually doing this for me is a really big deal. That's really, um, how has this transition back into CrossFit been? I know a lot of people, um, myself included took a lot of time off, um, whether it be because of lockdowns or whatever it Mm -hmm. is, and then getting back into the sport, especially competing at such a high level. What does that look like? How has that felt? Yeah, it's been really, really eye-opening and hard. Um, I 
talked about this a little bit on the Brute podcast the other day, but um, having started at the gym that I started at now in Philly, um, and I knew that I had the opportunity to train with Joey and kind of like have him as a training partner. He's extremely fit and knowledgeable in the sport too, which is always a plus because sometimes I just feel like I don't know shit, even though I've been doing it for so long. Um, I, I was like debating whether if I was going to go back to working with Justin or if I wanted to maybe try brute and work with Joey and his coach. And one of the biggest things for me personally, is I like the energy and I like the vibes in the gym and I like the music and the people and that kind of thing. And I just really felt like having a training partner would be priceless compared to like, if I was working with Justin, who I think is one of the best coaches out there. Um, if like, but I was training alone. So I think that that was one of, that was a big thing for me was, was trusting that like, if I have a training partner, I I really do believe that that's uh, priceless for, I mean, that's why they put groups together at underdogs and training think tank and that kind of thing. Like it's smart because you push each other. Um, But when I started working with my new coach, he had me test and I've never done like a week or two weeks of testing. I've never done that really. So that was really hard because I felt like I had about a week to reload. And then it was like, Hey, we're going to test our one reps. We're going to do Karen. We're going to like, like a 3k and a 5k row test or 2k and 5k row tests and a 3k on the assault runner. Just like, Holy moly. I, wow. But it was also cool because it was like, I'm as fit as I'm going to be right now. I can't get any fitter before these testing. So it'll give you, it'll give him a true baseline. I was frustrated with certain things, like certain numbers that I hit on lifts. And, you know, I actually happened to PR my 2k row, which was cool. Like, just like, I don't know, surprising things, some spots and like letdowns in other areas, but I surprisingly have gotten back into it, like surprisingly quickly, I would say. Um, and I feel like people can relate that like we embrace this like awfulness of CrossFit. Like my mom always says, my mom does CrossFit. She's a badass. She was like, she always like hates it. She's like, I don't want to wake. She goes to like the five o'clock class every morning. She's like, I don't want to wake up and go to this class. She's like, but then every time I go, I just, I feel so much better and I love it. And I, and I know I'm going to go the next day. And I'm like, exactly. We're crazy people. But I think that like, that's, I don't know, that's part of it. Like, it's just, it's been really shitty, but like, it's meant to be shitty. And I missed that with the bobsled training. So when I like, was like, oh yeah, okay. I'm, I remember my schedule from back when I was living in Boston, I would go train and then I'd come back and I'd work and then I'd go train. And then I'd come back and work and eat dinner and go to bed. And that I loved that schedule. And I was kind of excited to be able to get back to that routine. And, and something that I haven't touched on is that I'm like physically in Philadelphia. Yes. I'm, I'm going to be traveling for Wadapalooza and the fittest experience and things, but I, with the last year with bobsled, like I had a home base here, but I was traveling like crazy. And I think that that 
in itself can add to that sense of overwhelm where it's just like, I was living out of a suitcase and I happened to be dating someone who lived across the country. And so it was like, if I wasn't in Placid or Park City, I was in Montana or California or back to Philly for 10 days. And then just like all over the place, which maybe at the time I was like, this is great. I get to go do this and this, but it's really like, it's kind of that like wear and tear of like traveling and living out of a suitcase. And I feel so like at peace having just a home base where I'm not leaving all the time and that kind of thing too. So that's been another shift that's been for the positive having now like switched back to the CrossFit world. (laughs) Yeah. Travel can be more destabilizing than it's exciting and it's fun, but it makes staying on your routine so much more difficult. And I mean, I act like I actually stay on my routine when I travel. I don't, but (laughs) I I can imagine trying would be really tough. Um, So, oh my gosh, we have so many things we still want to talk to you about from nutrition to transferring back into CrossFit and all the different things. Um, so we would love to have you back on the show. Yes. I Um, didn't realize that it's been an hour. I know. I can't believe it either. Um, if people are interested in watching your journey and how this transition back into the sport is going, what's the best way to get in touch with you or follow your journey? Yeah. Instagram is really my only thing. I'm trying to tweet a little bit more, but it's not very successful. Uh, definitely just Instagram. Um, Kels Keel. Epic. We will list all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much, Kels. Of course. (laughs) 